So welcome to the Alicast and the Breaking 45 series. So why Breaking 45? Well, quite simply, um, a study in um, America has shown that 45 is the age when apparently we start to see those significant breakdowns in our fitness, our health, our body, um, and there's probably no more fitness gains to be made. And I just want to prove that that's not the case. And I think all of us within this community know that. Um, but we want to discover and I want to investigate various different aspects of that from comfort to motivation to general health and fitness to diet to drinking to all those things I want to cover those in this very short series of podcasts and I'm really really interested in what you've got to say about that as well so if you've got any input that you want into these series um, and you know any any sort of examples about how you have shaped life um, going into your your later years, reaching that apparently desperate age of 45, <laughs> please let me know. And and I think one of the one of the things we've got to appreciate now is that our lives are really, really comfortable. I mean, it's hard to actually appreciate how comfortable our lives are now. It seems that all around us, people have been moaning how difficult life is these days, that we live in a world where we're bombarded 24 hour with media and news. We don't even go looking for news anymore. Our phones constantly ping with depressing details regarding conflict, death, families in turmoil, natural disasters, just to name a few. Then, uh, you know, and as I, as I speak this to you, uh, I've, I've been 50 years of age for, for round about what's, eight months and in those 50 years the world has changed in a massive way it's given me many more opportunities and comforts but unless i sit down and evaluate the world in detail and reflect on my past 32 adult years in this planet that i too can be dragged into those circular thoughts of just how terrible the world is and without the strategies that i've learned and adapted in my life i could become part of this great hypnosis of the comfortable thinking that the world is a terrible place and that people just do not have any manners empathy or kindness like they did back in my day the one constant um, as technology has changed is the fact that we are all human beings and although there are those who say that we're going to evolve into some strange beings with extra dexterous thumbs and legs that have no purpose as we rely more and more on the supercomputers that we carry in our pockets. We are actually the same biological beings that we were when I was a child and indeed that we were a hundred or thousands of years ago. Our brains are still the same brains and all that has happened is that we've been offered our brains new programming as we've adapted to new technologies and ideas that make our lives much easier. Our brains still have the same basic operating system that they did when we were persistence hunting on the African savannah and unfortunately although as our brains and bodies are built for this sort of activity we've moved away from such hardships. Never in human history have we had more access to resources food for the average person is within arm reach and if we run out we don't even have to go and find it and carry it home anymore we can sit in our homes watching whatever we want on a tv in front of us and just have it delivered we have sought out these comforts as we've fallen into mistaken beliefs that doing less having more convenience and being warmer and more sheltered from the world will help make us happier but what is happiness as we 
doom scroll through our social media. We see constant never-ending happiness. The trite statements that, that people put out there, such as living my best life, just lead us into that illusion that we must be happy every single moment of the day. And this illusion perpetuates through social media and suddenly the smallest of setbacks or our plans are not going right. Somebody saying something that upsets us, calling us by what we perceive to be a nasty name um, that, that we don't like is the end of the world. And it can set you people off into this downward spiral of anxiety and make them believe that they now indeed are living their worst life. This has always been like that though, and it's the phenomenon of what we call comfort creep. As we're endowed with more and more convenience and comfort, we become less and less tolerant of things that were, you know, that weren't there um, and were not immediate for us or not exactly how we expect them to be. I remember just in my childhood, just how impatient I would get on a Sunday. Throughout the week, I could get a bus anywhere uh, I wanted to go. I could go to the shop, buy whatever sort of candy, sweets, or fizzy drink that I wanted. However, on Sundays, everything was closed for the day. <laughs> in fact, this was also the same on Wednesday afternoons when it was half-day closing. And as a child, I had no frame of reference about how things were so much more convenient than they'd ever been in the past. But this was a massive inconvenience to me. As adults, we do, but we, we fail to look back not only at our own history that we've lived and endured, but also at the preceding years um, that, we, you know, that we're aware of how communities and tribes of in the other parts of the world navigate life. If we were to take notice of these perspectives, not only would we start to realize just how comfortable and sheltered we are, but we could also learn an awful lot from these tribes and communities. And although many peoples throughout the world struggle on a day-to-day -day basis to get access to food, clean or fresh water, many of these communities actually live more fulfilling and happier lives than we do. Physically, they are stronger, and not only are they fit stronger physically, but they are also stronger mentally, because we, my friends, are stuck in the comfort trap. So in this podcast, I wanted to talk a little bit about motivation and what motivation is and what it isn't. So motivation is not the thing that is going to get you out of the door at five o'clock in the morning to go and get your run done or to get your walk done or to walk the dog or even to put the bins out. Motivation is not what is going to do that for you. Motivation actually follows action. So you don't get motivated to do something until you start doing it. The thing that is going to get you out of the door to do those runs, whether it be in the morning, whether it be evening, or whether to do anything in your life at all, is discipline. And discipline um, isn't this um, rigid concept whereby you've got to do everything at a certain time there's got to be flexibility within that discipline as well and what you're looking to do to um to work with that discipline and to work through that motivation is to work towards something that is positive for you and if we wind this back a little bit as well there's a there's a presupposition in the field of, of neuro-linguistic programming in nlp that every action that somebody takes has a positive outcome for them. They perceive that every outcome they are working towards 
has a positive outcome. And this not only relates to your fitness, but it relates to smokers, it relates to drinkers, it relates to drug addicts. They are not doing that habit or that action so that they are gonna feel worse. They are doing that because they perceive that there is gonna be some form of positive outcome from their actions. And that might be a difficult concept to, to actually grasp um, when you see the negative outcomes of these different different behaviors. However, let's wind it back again to motivation. So if you look at the theories of motivation, there are as many theories about motivation as there probably are needs to be motivated. But you know, early theories, if you look at um, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, and you can Google this, and it's basically a, a pyramid that's built on the foundation of your basic needs are the you know the the need for a security, for food, for shelter, and for being able to go to the toilet. And then that works up through uh, love and connection, self-esteem, um, on, until you get self-actualization at the top where you become the person that you want to be. And, and it is true that unless you have those basic needs fet, uh, met, you know, if you're if if you're homeless and you're you're out in the streets and you you know you're living in a cardboard box, getting out and going for a run probably isn't going to be uh, right at the top of your agenda. But I think for most of us, we have got those basic needs met. So we need to look now at how keeping ourselves fit, keeping ourselves healthy, builds into those other levels within that hierarchy of need. And, and whilst the true feel it's true that you know those needs have got to be met. Um, before we can think of getting out the door to be exercised. For me, I believe we, we need to believe we need to look at the process of motivation itself. So first of all, if we look at what the process is, we've got to have some sort of expectancy. So a belief that whatever we're doing is going to lead to a desired outcome. We've then got to have the instrumentality, so the belief that the performance will lead to some sort of reward, and, and that reward could be better health, it could be it could be winning a race. It could be the fact that you get that promotion because you are the more healthy, lively, awake, alert person in the room. And we need valence as well. And um, whether that reward is something that the person really wants, and it's whether you really value that as well. So it's pointless working towards a reward if somebody else is telling you to do that basically or you're doing it for somebody else these things have got to be done for yourself and you've got to ensure that you know you're not living somebody else's life but you're living your own so if we go back and we you know we look at expectancy say you're looking to complete a 50k ultra marathon even a 5k you're going to need to train for this and you're going to need to be confident that you can put that training into effect so you've got to you've got to look at how that training fits into your life. So if you are training for, uh, if you want to do a 50K, but you know that you can only put aside two hours a week for training, that's probably unrealistic. So something's got to give there as well, because if you work towards um, a goal that you don't have the time and the effort to complete, then that is, is going to take that motivation straight away from you. You're going to become injured, you're going to become... Um, disillusioned and you're not going to be able to do that so you've got to look at your current state of fitness and your ability um, so you know you might be a competent road runner and you might have completed so many road races but having a technical ability to run up and down rocky trails it is a completely different aspect as well so you've got to ensure that as you work towards these goals and um, that you're 
doing the actions that are going to create that motivation. For me, my motivation is even stronger now. And it's like I say, it's not the thing that gets me out of the door in the morning. Um, I have to lie to myself <laughs> in the morning because um, I may look at my training plan and my training plan might go, you've got a seven mile run this morning. Now, nobody, nobody listening to this podcast feels like getting up at 5.30 in the morning and going out and doing a seven mile run before you go to work. However, um, if I can just get myself out of bed in time to be able to do that, um, then I will usually lie to myself that, look, you know, I'm probably not going to get the seven mile run done today, but I can go out and I can run for a mile, I can run for 10 minutes. And I'll get out the door, I'll get my kit on, um, and I'll start to run. And as I get up in the morning, I don't feel great. I still feel tired from the night before, even if I've had a good sleep. Um, I know that it's warm, especially in the winter, that it's warm in bed, that I can just turn over and, and just cuddle up to 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 my partner and, and just go back to sleep and I'll be really, really nice in that moment. That'll give me that, that positive uh, reinforcement in that moment. But but later on I'm gonna be a bit I'm gonna be a bit myth that I didn't get out and do that run. So just getting out, get your stuff on and again it's all about discipline. So your motivation isn't motivation isn't gonna come for me until I've done that ten minutes. So until I'm into that ten minutes and I'm out there and I've started to wake up and I've started to enjoy it and, and I realise now yeah look I can just carry on and I've got time I can get this done but the discipline side of things comes into that by ensuring the night before that my my running kit is you know I'll leave it over the the, the top banister of the, of the stairs so I can come out of the bedroom in the morning and get ready my running shoes are ready to go I've got clean socks and there I can just get up I can get the stuff on and I can get out because if I've got to search around for that stuff in the morning then I'm probably not going to go either um, so that is where the discipline aspect comes in discipline comes before motivation and you've got to build flexibility into that discipline because life is going to throw things at you to stop you doing the things that you want to do it's going to throw bad weather at you it's going to throw late nights at you it's going to throw all these different things at you and one of the things i've sort of realized as well late nights for me are probably the thing that's going to um going to throw me out from doing my morning run but you'll probably notice this that if you aren't doing a race or you are uh, signed up for any event the night before you don't sleep that well at all so if you think about say going out and doing the the fan dance um the night before you're probably not going to have a great sleep but the sleep that actually matters for that run or that race or that event you were doing isn't the night before it's the night before that okay so if you've had a great if, if your race is on the saturday morning and you've had a great sleep on the thursday night you've had a crap sleep on the friday night you're probably going to be all right um, you're going to be absolutely knackered after the race and the next night you're probably not going to sleep either because you know uh, you'll have that sort of restless legs and or you'll you know if it's if it's if it's a distant you're used to you probably are going to sleep but the fact is don't let having a bad night's sleep the night before an event or the night before trying to put you off just make sure that you you're getting yourself in a great position the night after to get that decent rest and you know we've got all sorts of different ways of measuring our rest and measuring our sleep now whether it be through our garments our whoops our aura rings whatever you want you you can measure that through those so like i said motivation motivation comes after 
action. It does not come before action. If you're waiting to be motivated to get out of that door and do something at any point of the day, you are on a fool's errand. That is not going to happen for you. Um, so anybody who tells you that they just don't get out because they're not motivated is talking nonsense. They don't get out because they're not disciplined and they don't see a big enough reward in what they're doing. So for me, if I look at my reward, I remember um, when I would have been about sort of, what, nine or ten. I think my dad was in his, his mid-fifties at that point, and he certainly wasn't as fit and active as I was. Now, I want to ensure that through into my sixties, my seventies, my eighties, even my nineties, I can be as fit and healthy as I possibly can. Now, in my fifties, that is means the fact that I can go out and I can do these ridiculous races, whether it be the spine sprint or whether it be the fan dance. In my sixties, it might be that I can get out and do a marathon. In my seventies, you know, it may be that I'm going out for a walk every day. And in my nineties, it might just be that I can stand up unaided. Um, but the fact is, you need to ensure that you are putting the work in now in middle age to ensure that you've got these basic motor skills later on and that is my motivation that I do not want to be uh, the guy who you know once you sort of reach 50 you don't fall over anymore you have a fall I don't want to be the guy in his 90s who's having a fall um, and then and then dying because I think don't quote me on these figures but it, it's something within the region of somebody who breaks a hip after the age of 60 has something like a 60-70% chance of dying within the next 12 months. Just think about that. A 60-70% to 70 chance of dying within the next 12 months after breaking your hip. And that is because you will have lost that mobility and you can't get about and you've probably had that fall and broken that hip because you've not got the bone density that, that you need to, that, that, that good weight training or impact training could have could have give you. And you've also not got the balance and the dexterity to do that. So sit down and really think about what your, your end goal is, how you want to live in later life. Um, do you want to be the guy who's, who's sat in the chair all day watching the TV? Or do you want to be the role model for your kids and your grandkids getting out there and actually doing stuff? And that will create that value for you in the future. That will create that discipline that will get you out of the door and will then feed into that motivation. Yeah, so probably not what everyone wants to hear. Everyone wants to hear how am I going to get that motivation? You know, mood comes before action get yourself in the mood and go out and do the action so within that um, one of the things that, that is quite popular now and people have, have, have named this is um, mood setting in the morning so mood setting in the morning is ensuring that you get up and you don't wait for the day to give you the the signal 
um, of the mood that you're going to be in for the race of that day. You actually create that. And, and this is something that, you know, I try to do every day. I'm not perfect. I'm not going to get it done every day. Um, but mood setting is something that really, really works for me. So you've got to work out how that will work for you. So first of all, like I said, going back to that discipline of having your kit ready, that's setting that mood. It's setting that action that I, you know, setting me up that I am a disciplined person, that I am an organized person and that I've got my stuff ready and that I'm going to go out and do this. So also then while i'm out on the run i'm not a massive one for listening to music while i'm out but sometimes i might need that as well so i do have the playlists there which will get me into that happy mood and these you know don't just search spotify for the for, for the you know the, the happy um playlist or whatever or what have you but create one of those for yourself there's going to be songs from the past or tunes from the past that you remember from a really good time they've got you in a great mood get them on there as well if you don't want to listen to music look for inspirational podcasts so there are plenty out there um you know for me it's it's the rich roll podcast it's the diary of a ceo podcast it is the school of greatness podcast it is the uh, tea and trails podcast any of those um, we're going to have inspirational people on who've done great things who are going to put you in in a good mood for the day so get that mood setting done first thing in the morning as soon as you're getting out the door and then that will help you also create that motivation because for every great experience you have out running or have out early in the morning you're going to create the motivation for a new experience so this is how the breaking 45 series is going to work nice short bite-sized podcasts on various different aspects this is motivation so what i want you to do is i want you to just send me a message about what motivates you and um, share on the alleycast facebook page share your strategies with the other people within the group as well and let's ensure that we are becoming the beacons we are becoming the lighthouse and that those people around us see what we are doing with our lives see how we are setting ourselves up for older age and following our footsteps because that is taking complete ownership of your own health of how we influence the 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 world around us even how we influence things like the nhs as well the nhs at the minute is a great organization but it's overstretched and we can help that by taking ownership of our own health, our own fitness, and getting out there and doing the right things. Don't wait for motivation to find you. Use your discipline to create motivation within yourself. Thanks a lot, guys. Mm -hmm.